1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the XCO Technologies Limited, Limited Second Quarter Results 2020 Conference Call. At this time, our participant lines are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today. Darren Kirk, thank you. Please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you, Justin. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Exco Technologies Limited's Fiscal 2020 Second Quarter Conference Call. I am Darren Kirk, Chief Executive Officer of Exco. I will lead off with an operations overview. Matthew Posno, our CFO, will then review the financial results. Brian Robbins is also on the call and will join us for the Q&A session. There are a number of participants, including analysts and shareholders, on the line with us today. In addition, call-in details have been widely disseminated to the public through the news release process. This call is being simultaneously webcast at our website where we have also posted a short presentation that we will loosely reference. We welcome all participants this morning. The format of this conference call will be the same as in the past. After the presentation, we will take questions. The call will end no later than 1040 and I ask any caller limit themselves to two questions. When you speak, please identify yourself. Before we begin, I would like to make some comments about forward-looking information. In yesterday's news release and on page two of the presentation, you'll find cautionary notes in that regard. While I won't repeat the content of the cautionary notes, we do claim their protection for any forward-looking information that we might disclose on the conference call today. First, I'd like to address the formidable challenges that we are all facing with respect to COVID-19. I want to assure you, Exco is taking the necessary actions to protect the health and safety of our employees, meet the essential needs of our customers, and minimize the adverse impact on our finances. Of course, we are also continuing with the necessary investments to both solidify and enhance our competitive positioning for for the immediate and longer term. Second, I would like to point out that our results this quarter clearly demonstrate the benefits of our diverse operations, the strength of our leading positions in these niche market segments and the essential nature of our tooling products, which feed into many critical industries beyond just the automotive sector. The COVID pandemic hit just as we were reaping the benefits from our various operational enhancements we've been implementing over the past many quarters. Nonetheless, Despite difficult conditions, we managed to largely maintain our top line, grow our EPS, and generate solid free cash flow. Our third quarter will no doubt prove to be more challenging, but we remain confident that we will emerge from this crisis in a position of strength with the ability to capitalize on a number of opportunities that will inevitably ensue. And last but certainly not least, I would like to thank our employees who have adapted admirably to the significant changes thrust upon our business practices in a very short order. I couldn't be more proud of how our employees have handled these challenges while getting the job done and, above all, staying safe. Digging into the quarter, I'll start with our automotive solutions segment on slide four. Overall, industry light vehicle production in North America was lower by about 10%, while production in Europe was down by about twice that amount. Trends obviously progressed downward throughout the quarter, which ended with automotive production at a virtual standstill. Nonetheless, segment sales were essentially flat compared to the prior year, which continued our track record of outperforming industry vehicle production levels. Sales in the quarter were supported by a number of program launches, particularly at Polydesign and AFX, both of which recorded higher revenues. Sales were somewhat softer at Polytech and Neocon, However, both these entities outperformed the broader market on the strength of their product portfolios and aided by accessory sales, which do not always move in sync with vehicle production volumes. Looking at business conditions on slides 5 and 6, automotive production in both North America and Europe remained largely idle as I speak. Several OEMs are currently planning to restart production at their facilities in Europe and North America by mid-May. However, there remains considerable uncertainty around the exact timing and how fast these facilities will ramp up. We remain focused on ensuring we are able to meet demand once production recommences. We have taken several actions on this front, including refining employee safety measures, building finished good inventory levels where we can, and strengthening the robustness of supply chains across our businesses. I would point out that even through the widespread shelter-in-place orders in April, U.S. vehicle sales are estimated to be at about 40% of pre-COVID levels. This activity has provided a base for ongoing accessory sales and will help curtail the downdraft to our results until vehicle production levels ramp back up. Looking at quoting activity, it has certainly slowed in the last few months across the group. Nonetheless, we are still very much active in this regard and continue to win more than our share of programs. This will further strengthen our position when the recovery takes hold. Moving on to the casting and extrusion segment on slide 7, sales were modestly lower than the prior year quarter, but our sales held up better than general economic conditions would otherwise suggest. This solid performance mostly reflects the long cycle and or critical nature of our tooling products. Many of our extrusion tools, for example, feed into essential industries, including medical equipment, food and beverage packaging, and building materials for emergency facilities, just to name a few. Our results, however, also speak to the strong market positions of our various businesses, contributions from the significant investments we have made in recent quarters, and the benefits of our scale and multi-plant footprint. These advantages are unmatched by any of our competitors across the segment and I assure you they are struggling to keep up. Within the segment, sales were relatively stable in the large mold group as work continues under our existing programs despite the vehicle production stoppage at virtually all OEMs. Quoting activity and new program awards continued at a high level during the quarter and we see ample opportunity for further wins in the quarters ahead. Also within the segment, sales were lower at the extrusion and cap tool groups due to lower steel prices and generally weak market conditions through the quarter. Nonetheless, we believe we gain share helped by our competitive advantages I just mentioned, but also as a result of CapTool's robust portfolio of industry leading products and sales efforts, together with solid execution in the extrusion group. Beyond the sales, we continue to make the necessary investments in our people equipment, and infrastructure to further strengthen our competitive position. We are proceeding cautiously, but continuing with our prior investment plans, including new machinery in the large mold group, the expansion of Castool's new facility in Morocco, and ongoing upgrades and enhancement of equipment across the segment's operations in general. I will now pass the discussion over to Matthew to discuss the financial highlights of the quarter.
0: Matthew? Thank you, Darren. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My comments will cover slides 10 to 15 of the presentation. Consolidated sales for the second quarter were $120.2 million compared to one hundred and twenty three point five million in the same quarter last year, a decrease of $3.3 3 million or 3%. Casting and Exclusion revenue declined by $3.4 million and the automotive business was essentially flat. Foreign exchange rate fluctuations contributed $2.5 million to sales during the quarter. Consolidated net income for the second quarter was $9.5 million and earnings per share was $0.24 cents compared to $8.6 million or $0.21 cents per share in the same quarter last year, an increase in net income of 11%. Excluding a net expense of $300,000 in the prior year quarter related to the deconsolidation of ALC, adjusted net income was higher by 7%. The consolidated effective income tax rate for the quarter was 22% compared to 23% the prior year period. Turning to Automotive Solutions segment on slide 13, sales in Q2 were consistent with last year at $73.4 million. Excluding for exchange rate movement, segment revenues were down $1.5 million or 2% during the quarter. Segment sales were supported by a number of program launches for both new and existing products, particularly at PolyDesign and AFX. The segments reported pre-tax profit of $9.4 million in the second quarter. With uh, an increase of 300,000 or 3% over the same quarter last year. For the quarter, segment profitability was enhanced by improved overhead absorption at Polydesign and AFX, reduced bonus payments to production workers in Mexico, as well as greater operating efficiencies and favorable foreign exchange rate movements across the segments in general. <coughs> Turning to slide 14, the casting and extrusion segment reported sales of 46.8 million for the second quarter, a decrease of 3.4 million or 7% from the same period last year. The casting extrusion segment reported $4.5 million of pre-tax profit in the same quarter, a decrease of 100,000 or 2% from the same quarter last year. Profitability reduction occurred within the extrusion group for the quarter due to adverse overhead absorption given the decline in extrusion dye volumes. Separately, profitability at the large mold group was higher during the quarter as progress with various efficiency initiatives continued to move ahead. Cash tools profitability was up during the quarter despite the sales decline. Due to reduction in steel prices and favorable foreign exchange rate movements. Cash flow from operating activities in the second quarter was $18.6 million compared to $14.8 million in the comparative quarter, and $28.3 million year-to-date compared to $19.7 million. Increased net income, higher non-cash expenses, as well as improvements in non-cash working capital are contributing factors for the increase in cash flow from operating activities. The company generated free cash flow of $12.5 million in the quarter after $5.9 million capital expenditures and repurchase of 439,000 shares for $3.3 million on the normal course issuer bid up to March 13th. Since that date, no purchases have been made on the normal course issuer bid. As indicated on slide 15, Exco's balance sheet and liquidity remain very strong. Exco's net cash position totaled $11.9 million as of March 31st. Principal sources of liquidity include generated free cash flow, $35.7 million of balance sheet cash and $27 million of unused availability under its $50 million committed credit facility, which was renewed during the quarter, which matures now in February 2023. The company has stress tested its financial liquidity position and expects to remain free cash flow positive during the second half of fiscal 2020 while remaining in compliance with its financial covenants. As a result, the company will continue to make its dividend payments a priority. That concludes my comments. We can now transition to the Q&A portion of the call. Justin.
1: And thank you, sir. As a reminder to ask a question, you'll need to press star one on your telephone. So withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by, while we compile the Q&A roster. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, that is star one if you'd like to ask a question. And our first question comes from David Ocampo, from Cormac Securities. Your line is now open. Good
3: morning, guys.
2: Morning. morning, David.
3: My first question is on automotive solutions. Kind of when we think about kind of the revenue trends that we're seeing today, I'm just trying to get a sense on how much of the cost that's in that business is fixed versus variable. I know, I know margins turned negative in, in 08, 09. I'm just trying to get a sense that that, that is something that we can expect again in, in next quarter.
2: Uh, sure. Um, I, I guess you know the extent that uh, labor is in place in, in Mexico. Um, you know those facilities at Polytech and AFX are uh, are not uh, operating currently uh, pursuant to the uh, the government um, shelter in place. And Mexico is uh, at this point not considered auto to be an essential industry. Uh, so we do uh, we are paying uh, the labor uh, in Mexico. Um, and, you know, that, that is kind of the, uh, the bulk. I mean, there's these other uh, fixed cost items, but uh, the, the labor uh, uh, continues to be paid through this period. Uh, with respect to Morocco, uh, similar situation, although there are government subsidies in place that uh, significantly reduce the, uh, the labor costs that we have there. And uh, with respect to NEOCON, those operations have um, uh, continued, uh, as we mentioned they uh have a high degree of uh, accessory sales and uh and there's still demand uh for their products uh, neocon is is using uh work share type arrangements uh to uh to reduce the labor costs um but uh you know i, I think giving it's it's difficult for me to give you a exact figure david but that's some color around um you know what's going on with uh, the labor component of the cost
3: No, that's great and and kind of on the same theme here on margins while we're talking about it, casting an extrusion, I think this is the second quarter of kind of sequential improvements, and, and that's a welcoming change from from the declines over the last few years. How much of that is, is related to the fuel, um, the steel surcharge, and how much of it is that from the margin improvement that you're seeing in your, in your large mold division?
2: Um, I can't give you an exact magnitude, but uh, certainly uh, both uh, contributed um, you know, that across the casting and extrusion segment, uh, our operations today are entirely different than they were five years ago. Uh, As I mentioned in the preamble, uh, we've kind of started to really hit our stride uh, across that segment in in the large mold group in particular before the COVID measures uh, took hold. And, um, you know, we are now uh, much more efficient uh, across the board um, from large mold through ca- uh, cast tool uh, and extrusion, so uh, I would expect that uh, you know we're going to obviously go through uh, the third quarter here, which is is going to be uh, quite challenging. But uh, a lot of this margin improvement that you're seeing uh, will will stick uh, when we come out the other side, and we'll continue to uh, improve upon it.
3: Great, that's that's my take.
1: Thank you. And our next question comes from Michael. Dumet from Scotiabank. Your line is now open.
4: Uh, hey, good morning, guys. Uh, good morning, order. Michael. Uh, hey, so I wanted to just maybe go back to the first question. Any way you can break out uh, for the automotive solution, the labor versus the material
2: cost in that segment, just generally, um, you, know, hot, like, you know, rough figures? Um, I don't have those n- numbers in front of me. Um, so I guess... Um, we, we we can We can think about it for for subsequent calls, but uh I, I don't have those figures at my fingertips okay um and maybe just going back to the app performance on the
4: sales side for automotive solutions, just thinking about you know how much you attribute um, that to product launches in some of your businesses there, and, and how much you attribute to the to the sales accessory products being more closely aligned to SARS versus production. I'm just trying to think about you know as we go through the downturn and through the recovery, how to how to think about the numbers and the organic growth versus um, SARS and production.
2: Well, I, you know it, it's it's hard uh, through kind of these uh, extreme events that are taking place right now. Uh, although I will say that in normal times uh, we, we tend to have sales excluding FX uh, that are about five to ten percentage points higher than uh, vehicle production volumes, and uh, so that's you know kind of where we expect to uh, to be when uh, when we get through this uh, crisis. Uh, but you know for the next uh, quarter or so, it's uh, it's difficult to give you guidance.
4: Okay, um, if I can just sneak in one more question. Um, you know, you, you guys have maintained a, a very conservative balance sheet. Uh, presumably that's better position to you versus your peers um, in this downturn. I mean, do, do you look out and look for opportunities at this point to deploy capital um, when you get better visibility um, on the recovery?
2: Well, we think there's going to be, uh, you know, after a shakeout like this, inevitably there's, there's lots of opportunities that uh, will present themselves, uh, whether it's uh, through the the supply chain to take some uh, uh, opportunistic um, uh, M&A uh, there or, you know, even on the on the broader uh, competitive side. And so, you know, at, at this point, uh, we, and, you know, at all points we do see our financial position as, as being a strength. Uh, we stopped off the share uh, repurchases in part uh, because we want to preserve that strength uh, to take advantage of uh, any opportunities that, uh, Uh, you know, that we see. And, uh, you know, I don't have anything specific uh, in mind to share at at this point, but uh, rest assured we're looking and uh, we're going to take advantage of them when we can.
4: Okay, well, thanks for the answers, guys. Good luck and stay safe.
1: And thank you. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, that is star one. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, that is star one. Our next question comes from Peter Sklar from BMO Capital Markets. Your line is now open.
3: Hi, thanks. This is Chang filling in for Peter. Um, our first question is that uh, if you guys could give us an update on the outlook of the recovery in the non-residential construction market, um, how long will that take? Kind of what activities are you seeing, etc. cetera? Uh,
2: I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult to me, for me to give you guidance on that, uh, Chang, although I do appreciate the question. Uh, you know, there's just so much uh, uncertainty out there that uh, – you know, any guidance I gave you would be no uh, no better than anything else that you may come up with. So I think I'll pass on that one.
3: Okay, thanks. Um, I see that uh, you guys mentioned that you do have some inventory built up at Polytech and AFX in Mexico um, in the event that Mexico were to be delayed. Um, if you, or Canada or U.S. were to restart production earlier, How like how much inventory are we talking about here? And kind of um, do you expect Mexico to be uh, restarting in line with U.S. and Canada?
2: So we we did uh, take advantage, I guess, of uh, slower conditions in in March. And um, uh, with uh, my prior comment that we continue to pay uh, for labor uh, in Mexico, uh, we we had uh, the labor focus on building uh, inventory levels. And uh, we do have a few weeks uh, of cushion at both Polytech and AFX. Uh, having said that, uh, it is our expectation that uh, Mexico, while nothing formal has been said to date, uh, there's indications that Mexico is uh, is willing and uh, uh, going to come online at the same time as production within North America. So that's our expectation, uh, but uh, we do have uh, a few weeks of inventory as a buffer.
3: Okay, thank you.
1: That's everything. Thank you, and I'm showing no further questions. I would now like to turn the call back to management for uh, further remarks.
2: Uh, okay, thanks, Justin. I uh, appreciate everyone's uh, time on the call today. Uh, obviously some uh, difficult uh, times, but, uh, again, we, we feel that uh, we're we're very well positioned uh, to, uh, to get through these challenges and to come out uh, stronger on the other side. So we we'll look forward to speaking with you all. Uh, at our next uh, quarterly conference call and uh, stay safe, everyone. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.